0: Oh man, the week was um, blessed once again. Very busy week. Um, Going into the second half of region play, and you know, seeds are starting to shape up for the playoffs. But most teams at this point, especially the more experienced coaches, know that they got to take advantage of every single day because there's no telling what's going to happen. So you got to finish the season strong. But other than that, you know, all is well. Just grateful to be in the land of a living another day. Want to get you guys a good podcast today. How things with you, Mike?
1: Yeah, things are good. I mean, awesome to be on the show with you guys again. Another awesome podcast. Um, Coach Daly, great win uh, with our basketball team Friday night. So Playing well in the region. Uh, I'm actually just coming back from the USA Football Coaches Conference. Uh, it was awesome to be down there and meet some unbelievable coaches from from around the country and just get to network and and learn from other coaches. That's one of my favorite things about going to conferences is just getting to meet and learn from different coaches from all around the country. And, uh, I mean, obviously we understand that and we believe that coaching is, it's an unbelievable profession and unbelievable opportunity for us. And uh, so to be able to meet some other coaches from around the country and get re-energized from their energy is, it's a, it's always a good time for sure.
0: Tell us about that a little bit, Michael. Like, um, what I know you presented. So, what was that? What was the whole you know breakdown of the conference? What was the conference about?
1: Yeah, so it was a USA football conference, uh, and so I mean it's mainly high school and youth football coaches, and uh, especially from a strength and conditioning aspect, USA, and, and from from uh, from an overall football. Ask. Like USA football is really trying to adopt a lot of models, like the Canadian um, long-term athletic development model, the the English, the British, uh, the British soccer or football as they call it over there model, where um, where we are progressing and regressing the game um, according to the athlete's age and their their skill level. So um, I mean. Obviously, football got invented, and it was grown men, uh, college guys started playing it, and it's eleven on eleven, full contact, hundred yard field. And then, uh, so then as it, it progressed, and they started creating youth football and stuff. They're like, "Well, yeah, we're still full contact, eleven on eleven, big field." And now, uh, we understand everybody, especially at USA Football, the higher ups are understanding. As we talk a lot with basketball, with regressing the game according to the age level, so they're trying to do a lot of stuff um, with youth youth football making it less contact, less less players, smaller fields, um, where it's not exactly the same 11-on-11 game that you see in high school and college and the pro level, but it's regressed, so now like every if a, at the youth level, eight, nine-year-olds are, are playing um, they get the chance to play every single position. They're playing it's like seven on seven or eight on eight, the smaller field. So they get the opportunity to learn all those different athletic skills. Where it's not just the biggest kid when he's eight years old is just playing center. So I mean, it's a lot like we talk about with uh with basketball. Where I mean, you guys know you got young kids, uh, um, a seven eight year old kid. That, he doesn't need to be shooting a basket at a 10-foot rim. I mean, it's kind of now where it's like, hey, let's teach them the proper fundamentals and teach them how to shoot properly. He's not strong enough to shoot at a 10-foot rim, so let's lower the rim. So USA football is doing a lot with that. The NFL, obviously, um, has been getting a lot of poor criticism uh, uh, recently with all the injuries and the head trauma. And I mean, it's... It's uh, I mean, it's still an unbelievable game with an unbelievable following. But the NFL obviously wants to continue to grow and not lose a lot of these youth athletes. So they they understand that they need to, uh, to, to uh, revolutionize how they're teaching the game and how they're doing it at the at the youth and the grassroots level. So um, so yeah, I was able to go down there and and listen to a lot of coaches. I got was blessed to have the opportunity to speak on just how we progress how I progress um, our strength program from our seventh graders all the way through our twelfth graders. And it's the same thing with like what I just talked about with regressing the, the program the football rules. I mean we 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 my program I talk about we have a unified program but not a uniform program where all of the athletes are doing the same type of movement but they might, might not be doing the exact same exercise because uh, you can't train a 13-year-old the same way as you train an 18-year-old. So right, uh, so right. I had to talk about our athletic development stuff and then got to listen to a lot of coaches talk about what they're doing from uh, football coaching-wise. And, uh, I mean, Mike Singletary was there, which was awesome to hear him speak. And he just talked about all the all the life lessons that he learned from his from his youth and his high school football coaches. And um, as we talk about all the time, there's no better breeding ground for being a success in life than, than through athletics and through strength and conditioning. And uh, and that's a lot what Singletary talked about. So, I mean, it definitely fired me up and got me excited to be back in uh, and working with our athletes.
0: Okay, good deal. I like I like the idea of um, modifying football for for the appropriate age group because if you think about it, I see seven- and eight-year-olds on a hundred-yard field hitting each other full speed in 11-on-11. 11 11, and I know their bodies aren't prepared for that. You know, yeah, so I sure. I agree. You have to modify it because if not, I do think, you know, people are – less and less people are going to be willing to play football because of the head trauma and the long-lasting effects to go with playing the game over that long period of time. So shout-out to USA Football for – um putting that together and really trying to um change the game and, and, and allow the game of football that we all love here in America so much to continue to grow. What we're gonna get sure. into what we're gonna get into this show, we're gonna talk about um we're gonna talk about how we feel the um basketball programs in the state of South Carolina can um see if we can keep our best players in state. You know, we wanna we wanna um you know, we're in our state, this is our state, and we want to figure out a way, you know, hey, what can we do to keep the best players in the state of South Carolina in state and at all levels, not just at the Power 5 level, but at all levels. And after we all um, spit our pace on that, we're going to um, just have a little vent moment, talk about a few things, you know, that's been on, our, been on our chest, been on our hearts, our souls, our minds, that we feel that we could put out in the environment put out in the atmosphere to help things get better for, um, someone else, not just ourselves. So I'm going to start with, um, coach E man. What, what do you think needs to be done to try to, cause we just had the big Zion Williamson, um, signing and, um, I'm not going to lie. Personally, I thought it was going to come down to, um, South Carolina or Clemson for the longest. I thought it was Clemson, but he winds up going to Duke. What can we do? What do you think needs to be done to keep these high profile kids in school? In state, pardon me.
1: Uh, see, like when we had the little, you know, for um, so those people that know, they don't know what goes on behind the scenes, we had like a little pre production where we talk about the what topic we're going to do. And when the topic was um, introduced, I was like, yeah, that's, that's cool, that's cool, that's cool. And as I said, and thought about it, I was like, I'm, I'm really not sure there's any much more that the in state teams can do, but um, to try to target would say earlier I would say get on board before the other schools get on board I think that sometimes like the knock on some of the schools is then that they go out of state to recruit kids um they don't necessarily attack the kids in state with fervor like they do the out-of- state kids when I feel like you know like I think what's what up, 2019 class in, in South Carolina is probably one of the strongest classes to come out in, in a while and um and, and I think that had they been uh, notoriety earlier of the school going after those kids, and I, I don't, I'm not sure if it's is not on the programs or whatever, but I do feel like there's sort of this feeling that um, I'm not sure if it's, if it's by the actual coaching staff or so whether it's just outside, or maybe it's the kids growing up knowing that Duke and Carolina is, Kansas and Kentucky are these are these programs that have big history as far as basketball is concerned, and that's why they as though they used to go to those no schools, or is it that the recruiting process, that their recruiting process, the schools in state are not coming at them hard early? Um, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm dealing with a couple of kids now, and offers wise you know, only got one offer. Like one of my kids has an offer in Oklahoma State. Like all the way in you know, all the way in Oklahoma. And it does not have an in state offer. Well he does he does have an in state offer at South Carolina State. But you know, you can get a, a a power five state uh, a, a power five uh offer and said I have one from the in-state I mean, I mean that kinda of, that kinda of, I guess kinda of speaks a little bit for itself. so um I think that and I think that that's my only real, uh, 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 uh what to call, criticism of it, and the thing that I think should change maybe, or something that they should take into account, um, uh, the because, you know if you look at Carolina who makes what they made it for the Final Four last year. I don't know how much more you can do outside of winning to, to put your program out there. Um. So now the program out there, and then they just get, then they just sign the kid that was supposed to go to Louisville. Um, that's a big signing under. I mean, under circumstances, I guess it's a pretty big signing. And so a huge usually you know, that's what I'm saying. So you would figure that that would draw people. I I, I honestly thought that that's why Zion Williamson would end up going there. You know what I'm saying? Because I I would figure that, hey man, if they can get him regardless of the circumstances. You know, oh man, and they can, you know. I, I, that might be a thought. I am I'm, I'm also with you too on this other, on the other one, Josh says as far as Clemson is concerned, I was thinking that he was gonna go to Clemson until South Carolina climbed the kid. My, I'm sorry if his name escapes me right now. I um, just got out of practice. So I'm
0: gonna know my brain's a little fried. Talking about but, Bowen's um, talking about Bowen?
1: Yeah, just the one I was supposed yeah, to do, uh, Yeah,
0: you're Baldwin, talking about yeah. Bowen, yeah. yeah. So I mean it's
1: just shout out to Frank Myers, for sure. Yeah, I Frank sure. Martin, and, and I've had and i numerous conversations um, with Frank Martin and different guys on the staff. And I think that they're a great staff. I just think that they're having a tough time recruiting in-state because, like I said, it's a number of different factors. Like, um, you know, like kids, and then not only that, but I think so. We're talking about the schools, but I also think the families. Need to really sit down and think what's the best fit for them and the child as well. Because, and and Josh, I know you're going through this, but you have a kid who's waiting on Duke or Kentucky. And they're not necessarily Duke or Kentucky talent. You know what I'm saying? It, It might be something where a better fit for him might be to play for. I okay. kids.
0: Um. What what what's your what's your spiel on it, Mike?
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I like Coach English said. I mean, it's a it's a variety of factors, and I mean, I I mean, all we are is uh we're just uh, lowly high school coaches, and we don't want to tell uh, these guys we we don't want to <laughs> tell these guys how to how to run their program. But I mean, I think first off, for Zion, top two or three player in the country or where, 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 in whatever ranking he was. And, I mean, you cannot, 100%, I mean, you can't blame him for whatever decision he made. I mean, I, I pride myself in being somebody that, that, that wants to surround myself with excellence, and I want to be be uh, around excellent people, and I want people that are going to push me and push me to great, be great. And to go to Duke, I mean, I think it was an unbelievable decision. But would, would it have been a good decision to go to in-state school, too? I think both of those would have been good decisions as well, but obviously um, if you want to be as great as you can, you want to go somewhere that has a tradition of excellence. Um, And so really, I think these in-state schools, uh, I mean, it's going to take a little while where they need to establish themselves as a winning program. South Carolina had a great year last year and made it to the Final Four, and hopefully they can continue to make some runs in the postseason and establish themselves as one of the top-notch teams uh, programs in the country, and once that happens, and you start developing a little bit of three, four, five-year runs of success, then now more of these, these top-notch players, and hopefully, like you said, in 2019, I mean, what we got three players in the 2019 class that are, what, in the top 40 or 50 in the country, um, yeah. now these will start coming uh, and staying in-state, so um, first off, with these high, high-level players that are ranked in the top 25, like Zion in the top two, um, you, need to be, you need to be a program that is year in and year out making runs in the postseason if you want to really have a real legit shot at getting these guys. And, um, and so it's been proven that it can be definitely teams in South Carolina definitely can have great programs. Obviously with uh Clemson football, I mean, they've they've established themselves as one of the top two or three teams in the country year in, year out and um now that they've developed had a little run, now guys the top level players wanna go there and I think the second piece on that is um they've had um they've had some continuity with their coaching staff where They've been able to develop an unbelievable culture as far as the the football coaching staff at Clemson. A great family culture where I think parents and players are very drawn to go there, and they know that those coaches are not only great coaches, but they are great people. And um, and so those those parents and those high level players are like this is somewhere that we want to go. They've developed a great culture of winning and. We know these guys are not only good coaches, but they're good people, and they're going to look out for the, the best interest in, in me and if you're a parent, in my child. Um, so to be able to have that continuity with your program, uh, with your coaching staff, and be able to develop uh, uh, a winning culture and a great atmosphere there, it's going to help attract those guys. And now how do you do that if you're not a program that's, that's year in and year out one of the best? um I think you need to, and I, and again, going back to uh, some local teams, Coast, Coastal Carolina baseball won the World Series with the majority of their guys were South Carolina guys. There is talent in South Carolina. Even without going after to these top-level players, um, you need to recruit your state first, I think, and show that you're pl- play, re- placing an emphasis on the players in the state, and there are great players in the state. Um, like we talked about, we had a kid from AC Florida who, the, last year who was uh, graduated last year.
0: He was a very great player, played in what, Coach? Uh, three state championships. Right.
1: Um, started for four years, and he did not have any real legit offers from any schools around here. And uh, University of Buffalo came down and saw him, and they're like, we want him. And he went up, and he's up there now, and he, I mean, he started a few games and was definitely playing a lot as a freshman. Has been playing a lot as a freshman, especially in the beginning of the year. And um, they realized how good of a player he was. And some of these, not not, I mean, South Carolina, Clemson, not even those programs. Like some of the schools that are a little um, mid majors in the area, they weren't really recruiting him. Which is like, how are you not recruiting this guy right here in your backyard? And I think there is one hundred percent a ton of talent in South Carolina, and even if they're not the blue blood, the top 25 players, you need to place an emphasis on recruiting those guys. And I mean, I've had that experience. I mean, I played small um, college football in New York, and, and my brother as well who was on the show a few uh, weeks ago played at a, at another small one uh, way school in uh, upstate New York, and we had kids all the time. Like, so we were one A D two, which is partial scholarships. Some some guys on full scholarships, some partial scholarship, some no scholarship. And we have kids. They'd be bringing kids up from Florida and fully scholarshiping them, and they were they weren't players. They didn't even they, they, they didn't even start. But it's like we're in New York. Football is supposed to be is football is king in Florida. So these coaches at the schools that we went to in New York were like, hey, we need to go get Florida kids, and we're just going to scholarship these Florida kids, and they weren't even that good of players, so um, those they could have recruited your backyard first, you know what I mean? Like There are plenty of guys that I know around high school in my area that were very good high school football players that could have been on scholarship at Portland State and Albany State in, uh, in New York, but these Coaches at these programs were like, hey, we need to go get some, some players from these quote unquote football states and scholarships them. And I, I mean, I think that's something um, a little bit with, like we talked about with our guys from AC Florida, like there were not mid major schools around South Carolina that were recruiting him. And then University of Buffalo, 15, 13, 14 hours away, came down and was like, we want that kid right now. And uh, so. There's players in the state, uh, and I think definitely you place an emphasis on, on recruiting your state first, and then being able to have some coaching continuity and developing a great culture and and, and winning games, and then then hopefully you can get those top twenty five guys that are in the state that we have now, and those Zion Williams and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, I think um, my spot on it is like Coach English said. I think you really got establish establish relationships. <laughs> with these high profile players early. Now it's tough though because we've all seen we've all seen that player start out really good and then fizzle out later on in their career and not be right a player. Up. They were, but I do I do feel that it starts with an early relationship. Um you take USC, you take University of South Carolina women's basketball program. Um as an example. They were able to get the number one player in the country that happened to be in the state of South Carolina at the time. And they've had other players that were good from the state. Um, but it comes down to they've won a national championship, they've they they they've played at a high level, like Coach Kurt said, for multiple years. You could bring in Clemson football, like like Coach Kurt said. I mean, they've, they've played for national championships. They've been to the playoffs. They've won at a high level. So they are, they are a five-star, a blue-star program now. What we got is, like, you got Clemson University who's turned themselves into uh, a, a blue chip program for football-wise, football-wise. So the best players in the country want to come there. So the best players in the state of South Carolina are going are to want to be a part of what Clemson is doing. If you remember when Steve Spurrier had South Carolina going and Coach Muschamp is doing a great job of, of getting that going again. So eventually those players are going to want to stay in state. Sports is a very shallow entity, it's a shallow element. People want to be around winning. And I know it's way more to it than sports, but the higher the levels you get, the more and more it gets more just about winning, from, 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 from college to pros. You know, and, and in order to keep these players, like Coach Kerr said, in order to keep these top 25 players in state, they have to know that they're going to be around excellence on a daily level. I I know coach Martin I know Frank Martin personally. Um I think he does an unbelievable job. He's proven he's a winner, not just at South Carolina. He did an excellent job at Kansas State and he's proven that he can get high profile players in, not just with Bowen, but he got a Michael Beasley in when he was at Kansas State and look how well he did when he was there um in that in that one year he was there. So coach coach Martin knows exactly what he's doing, but I'm going to tell you what the South Carolina schools are struggling with when it comes to the other um, high-profile programs like the Blue Bloods. The Dukes, the North Carolinas, the Kansas, the Kentuckys, um, the Villanovas, those programs are so sexy to kids. You know, they are, they are very good-looking programs. They, 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 they win year in and year out. They're, they're making runs in a tournament year in and year out. And that looks great not just to that kid, that student-athlete, but to his parents. So it is very hard to compete with that, and the only way to combat that is, like like, like, Youssef, like Coach E said, is establish those relationships early, and winning at a high level and I know that becomes tough like like I'm not ashamed to say I really thought Zion had a great chance of staying in state now my personal point on why Zion left I think he wants to be around other great players because now he doesn't have to carry the load if he goes to South Carolina he goes to Clemson it's a totally different burden that he has to carry but if he goes to Duke where well, he's playing with the number one and number three and another top 20 player on his roster, now he's not carrying the load. He's not carrying that burden of having to be the guy every night. And he could just play his role and hopefully continue to work towards accomplishing his dream of being an um, NBA basketball player. So I sincerely feel that um, Zion went to Duke is because they are one of those blue bloods that, that, like Coach Kurt said, that you know you're going to be around excellence on a daily basis. And that's not to talk about the programs in the state of South Carolina. Like Clemson's in the top 25 this year. They're, they're, that program looks like they're going in the right direction. They have a kid from South Carolina, and um, Clyde Trapp playing for them this year. So that was a good job of keeping him. But the programs we're competing with in-state do that on a yearly basis. They're top 25 year in and year out. This is the first time Kentucky's not in the top 25 since 2014. That's, that's a lot of basketball be, being played where you're in the top 25 on a, on a yearly basis. So I just think my personal opinion is it, it's going to come down to um, establishing yourself as a powerhouse and figuring out a way to be more um, – a pleasing and advertising to appeasing and advertising to, uh, um, to then than the programs that you're going against. One hundred
1: percent, you
0: know that yeah, I, I agree 100 percent. Yeah, it's it's Definitely. it's just tough, man. And selfishly I'm not gonna lie, I wanted Zion to go to school in Columbia. So I so I can go to those games. But how do you <laughs> how do you argue with a kid that goes to play for one of the most winningest coach coaches of all time in any sport you know he you had the opportunity, would you tell your son no not to do that it, it, you know it's 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 a hard it's a hard pill to pass it's it's a hard opportunity to pass up on yeah,
1: i mean yeah i mean we all i mean being in South carolina we all would love um to stay in south carolina and go pay and, and. i mean i, I respect uh Frank Martin one hundred percent and would love, would have loved for him to be a go to South Carolina and, and Frank to be able to get him. Um, but again, at the end of the day, um, you can't to, to turn down Duke to not go up to go to Duke, there's you cannot say one bad thing about choosing Duke. I mean, they're they're putting out pros, they got a duke, they got a fraternity a brotherhood, uh they got a culture of excellence. I mean uh, again, selfishly, uh, uh, you're rooting for these kids to stay uh, in state. But I mean, Duke has yeah. developed that culture of excellence and has had that long run of success. And uh, I mean, yeah, uh, all the best, all the best, I for sure. I hope he, 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 I hope he does great, and I hope he has a long career, for sure.
0: Yeah, I know he's going to he's going to be freaking phenomenal, man. He's going to be great um ESPN is already getting the um highlight clips ready because I think I think he's going to show here's what I think Zion's going to do at the next level that most people's not going to realize he can do I think he's going to be a lockdown defender forget all the offensive parts I think he's going to be an exceptional rebounder and I think he's going to be a lockdown defender at that at the next level and um I'm more excited about seeing that than the actual dunks and and alleys he's going to be catching um You know, but here we go. Last part of the show, we're going to give a little vent session on um, just some things we feel we want to improve, not just for ourselves, but to make it better for people overall. And um, just give a little vent session, just get some steam off. And a lot of times as people we hold, we're not going to talk about anyone personally or anything personally, like, but a lot of times we hold stuff in and we don't get stuff out. And, um... A lot. When you talk about it, believe it or not, sometimes, um, a lot of times that can bring things to the light. So I'm gonna let Coach English um, say his part first. Like just something like 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 um, Peter Griffin said on Family Guy. You know what grinds my gears? You know, just uh, <laughs> <laughs> Go, do, we got, do we need to put the time
1: around Coach English? Because Coach English uh, before the show that.
0: I got a lot I want to vent about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're going to put the timer on Coach E, man. We're going to give it a three-minute hey, timer, uh, man. <laughs> not, not,
1: okay. I'm going to make it real simple and plain. All right, first off, I'm going to start with a quote um, by Roy Williams. He says, if the mailman stopped to kick every dog that parks in, he'd never deliver
0: the mail. Right. Now, I start there because
1: of what my vent session is about. My vet session is to all of the parents and fans that spend a lot of time criticizing the coaches of their team. Here's the deal. We deal with your children on a day-to-day basis. And the reason, why you're, the reason why you're speaking your opinion is because you feel like we're not putting your child in the best situation to be successful. What you're not realizing is you're not helping the situation to help your child be successful because if you're negatively talking about us, now you put your child in the box. Your child has to decide whether they want to be loyal to you and take it to their mind because you, they spend more time with you than they do with me. And if they hear you talking negatively about me, and when I mean me, I'm talking about all coaches. I'm talking about baseball, soccer, football, because every single coach that coaches anything. from T-ball to the NBA goes through this. Okay. It's tough. It is hard to coach kids. not saying that we're thinking that you think about the parents because you don't give me the time to date, so please don't flatter yourself. The issue is you make life hard for your child. Because now, being that you don't believe in us, your child doesn't believe in us. And since your child doesn't believe in us, he doesn't do what we ask them to do. So now, guess what? The same problem that you have, which is now your child's playing time, how we use your child, your child's development, it's not going to get any better. Because now he's not listening to us. He or she is not listening to us. Because you feel the way you feel, and you have imparted your feelings not only on your child, but on the other children in the program. So now the children in the program feel that the lack of success is on the coach. But at end day, if we spent more time Period. Just, it takes a village. So if we spent more time supporting one another, rather than trying to figure out a way to tear somebody down, or figure out, well, he's not doing this, or she's not doing that, or my daughter or my son should be doing this, my daughter or my son should be doing that, or she don't play enough, he don't play enough, whatever, I guarantee you the child will be more successful. Because now you're putting the child in an environment in which it's breed by our uh, poverty positive vibes only the only thing that should be Somebody earlier today, and they were like, "Yo, but why are you why 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 you have this feeling?" Because I was talk, talking about this victims. He was like, man called. He said, "What you mean? Hey, why do you why do you feel like that?" I said, "Because it's genuinely hard to be in a place where you're trying to get 100 percent out of your kids, and you know if you know in your mind you're doing what's in the best interest of the people." And you have these people consistently, consistently who don't have nothing else than what then say on on the coach or 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 Charlie. To to and then the person said, You know what, coach? He said, he said, you gotta remember this. Those people are undefeated. I said, what do you mean? He said, nobody ever lost a game coaching from the thing. He said, matter of fact, I won he said, I won five games last night watching watching basketball on T V <laughs> And I was like and you still feel I'm about because it was known that it's true. It's easy to do it for the fans because you don't have to be in practice every day. You don't have to come up with game plans. You don't have to watch the amount of film you have to watch. You don't have to develop the kids and to try to get them to listen and believe. But every second you get, every ounce, and a of second that you have. You try to tear something down that you should be trying to build up because if you say that you're a fan, and be that support. Find out what's needed. Maybe you will come in. Maybe you come in and have the motivation to talk with the kid. How about you support your child? How about you sit down and watch film with your kid? Sit, do that. Rather than trying to tear down the coach all the time, because you got to do it has to bring positivity. And then no matter what, you know they're saying what thirty uh, percent uh, uh, of the people. I'm going to like you no matter what. 30% of people are going to like you no matter what. And is that, what, 40% in the middle? we focus on 40%. At the end of the day, I think 100% needs to buy into whoever is there. As long as they have the best interests of your child at heart, you've got to support that. Because at the end of the day, us as high school coaches, I'm going to say something else. My people say, we don't get paid enough to deal with this. We don't. We sacrifice time, and when I mean pay, I don't mean monetary. What I mean is we sacrifice time with our own kids to be with yours. Some of us have sacrificed marriage, marriages, relationships, because we put so much time into this game we love, and not only this game, but your kids, only to get nothing nothing in return. We're not asking for anything. All I'm asking for, all we're asking for is support. If you support us, that is in charge of supporting your kids, which helps your kids be successful. And doubt. the roof's got this thing. The roof's got a thing that says, uh, you don't like me, you don't even know why you should hate me. Like, you don't even know. <laughs> but you're out here just saying this say and saying an that. How about support? How about you want to do something? I have a guy that comes to my practice every day. Just comes and stands in there, sits there. Doesn't the as a coach when you do it. And after every game you coach, you're doing a good job. My JV coach got frustrated. He said, you know what, coach? I'm gonna have an open practice. i I want every kid to bring that parent. Put it in the group text, send it to the parents, send it to the kids. The only parents that
0: showed up was the parents that supported, us, which is like three. Yeah, I I and and it's and it's tough when it comes to that um support element, man. Whoever's messing with Coach English, y'all leave him alone or we gonna get y'all, man. It's
1: not it's not, just, it's not <laughs> I, I I wish I wish we meant, uh on a group uh, phone talk because I mean I feel like I got to give you a hug, my man. Yeah, he needs a hug. <laughs> I love you, dog. I love you. Keep fighting a good
0: fight. Um, and, but I mean, you can't tell me everybody doesn't go
1: through that. It just nobody says it. I mean, but it's everybody a. Because you, you shouldn't you shouldn't give way to that. You shouldn't have to worry about that. But it interferes. So much with the success that you're trying to I mean, it's impossible to please everyone for sure. And I mean, obviously, uh, I mean, I'm in a little bit of a different position because I don't, uh, my number one goal is to just maximize the potential of all of my athletes and I don't have to deal with uh, cutting them or playing time and stuff like that. So, I mean, I definitely don't envy you guys. And having that that burden on you, where you you're never gonna please everyone, and no matter how much you win, there's still gonna be people out there that, oh, my kid's not playing enough, or you don't know what you're doing, even if you're winning games. So, uh, I mean, I think I'm in a little bit of a different position where uh, where I appreciate that, where um, it's much easier for me to the parents to support me for sure, because my number one goal. Is to make their, their, their child the, the best athlete possible, but um, from my, my this, what I want to talk about more goes out towards coaches and more um, towards head coaches, and definitely, like Coach there said, definitely not um, not anybody in particular, really. uh, nobody else, definitely not Coach serious my guy, he supports me 100%, but coaches support your assistant coaches, 100%, um, you don't put, um, I mean, wins and losses at the end of the day come, come down to the, to the head coach. But don't put the culture of your team and uh, the what we always talk about with the characteristics that you can teach your athletes through whatever sport you coach, the characteristics of hard work. Embracing the process of getting better in teamwork, and goal setting, and, and character development. Don't put that over winning. And if a if if a one of your players is maybe they're not disrespecting you, maybe they're not um, maybe they're not going hard. Not, they're, they're they're always respectful to you and they're always going hard with you, but they're disrespecting the assistant coach. Don't overlook that. To say, oh, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna address that issue because they're our best player and we want them to win. We want, them, I want them to win. Or, oh, I'm not gonna address that issue because it really didn't happen to me And I don't know, I don't know if it was what the whole story was. Brick, the best leaders, the best leaders are the ones that make their assistants and the rest of their coaching staff feel their value and feel their worth and. Um, For sure, if you have a player um, that maybe is is causing issues with disrespecting and not working hard for one of your assistants, that needs to be 100 percent addressed immediately. And um, and again, because I mean, you as head coaches are only as good as your support staff and your assistants, and if the assistants don't feel like they're being respected and being valued, it's it's going to hurt the entire team culture. And uh, we talk all the time, especially at this level, the high school level, I mean, winning needs to be second. The number one thing is developing young men and women of character, and if you're letting them uh, get away with stuff, even if it's not directly at you... But it's another one of your coaches. Um, it's your job as the leader of the team and the head coach of the team to address that issue. So really, my, uh, my event, uh, I mean, it's not really an event. It's just something that um, I think um, we have a lot of coaches that listen. And I mean, we talk you know, We talk a lot about uh, dealing with our players and dealing with uh, parents. Uh, but we also need to understand uh, – how to deal with their assistants and, and show that and make sure that we are respecting them and respecting their their value
0: in, in the entire team's organization and culture for sure yeah for sure that's that's huge um if you are a head coach and um you don't make your players respect your assistant coaches the same way that um they respect you you suck you whack you know i i will say that in a very um um hostile tone because. It it, it it all fall, it all, we all have to be on the same page. And if you are allowing your better players or not even just your better players, if you don't require your players to have the same respect that they have for you, for your assistant coaches, that's not good business. Cause you're teaching, you're teaching young folks the wrong way. So I, I agree with that 100%. I don't, I don't like that at all. Um, my little vent session is this, it, it I'm, I'm going to keep it short and sweet. Um, I think the most important thing we can allow a child to do is grow because that's what children are supposed to do, grow their children. And obviously the end game is for them to grow into adults. Um, So I think as older folks, we tend to sometimes not realize that we um, can hinder or stunt a child's growth with our antics in our ways of um, doing things, well what do you what, what do you mean? Well this is what I, this is the one example I'm going to give of um, how you can stop a child from growing. If you try to promote your feelings on another adult that that child is intimately connected to or engaged to or have some type of relationship with, you are hurting that child. Let me put it in layman's terms. I will give you my example. I grew up as a single parent um, uh, in a single parent home. My father never gave me a uh, Christmas card. Um, Didn't even come eat the cookies I left out for Santa Claus when I was growing up. My mother never said one bad thing to me about my father. And she never allowed me to say anything negative about my father. Fast forward to me as an adult. Why was that so big? Because malice, hate, discontent, and all of those other things that you can have in a negative, in a negative um, emotional attitude or negative way towards someone else, only hurts the person that's harboring those feelings. It only hurts that person, and it kind of gets into what Coach English was talking about. If you're trying to get your child, to not comply or agree with the um, people they are connected to, the leaders they have to follow. It's only hurting the child because you are stunting their growth. You are stopping them from growing because you aren't allowing them to get the good from whatever entity that, 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 that you disagree with, whatever person. That you disagree with, you're not allowing them to get the good from it. Now we're not talking about that's minus variables. We're not talking about drug dealers and and and, and people that do illegal activities. Like I said, I'm using the example of my father. It was my at the end of the day, my mom chose to have a child with my father. He decided not to do anything. And because and because My mom never allowed me to have any ill will towards my father. Now I have a very, very healthy and loving relationship with my brothers, with my sisters, with my aunts, with my uncles. And and I would have never had that if my mom would have talked in a negative manner about my father. And now I have a whole nother set of family to give my son's love, to give my wife love, because my mom never talked bad about someone that I was connected to. And I don't want to get up on my soapbox, but to make this thing about coaching, like Coach English said, be careful how you degrade and talk about the people your child interacts with. Because at the end of the day, once that child puts the wall up, no matter what good, there's not going to be any good to come from it. Or the good is going to be limited. Because if you think about it, a father not doing anything for his child, most people think, okay, that's a negative situation. But, but the approach my mom took allowed good to come from it in my later life and later on in my life. So just be careful with that. Just make sure you aren't a child stunner. Make sure you aren't stunting children from growing. That's all I got to say. Um, we'll get to our shout-outs. I really appreciate you guys continuing to tune in, continuing to listen. Um, we have some very, very um, consistent listeners. Um, Coach Miranda Scott listens every Monday morning. Um, I shout out, Coach Diargo Summers. Um last week. Shout out to um, Coach Summers, middle school coach over at Creighton, who always listens and gives us retweets. Um, and, and, and just shout out to Coach Hallett for always showing love. So, I'm going to let you guys get into your shout outs, then we'll bring this thing to a close. Yeah, uh, definitely Coach
1: Summers um, this week came up and checked out your practice. Shout out to Coach Summers, unbelievable dude. Um, and Coach Hallett, guy that that uh, 100% pushes me to to, to to try and further and become a better coach every single day. And my uh, my uh, only other shout-out is uh, my beautiful girlfriend,
0: Whitney. got me dinner ready to, ready to let me come home. Got, just got home and I got dinner ready for me after being away for the weekend. So shout-out to Whitney. Rip Whitney,
1: you're so nice, man. I don't, I don't see how you deal with
0: that guy, but shout-out to you, Whit. <laughs> shout-out to you, Whit. For real. Um... I want to uh, shout out is
1: to uh, one of the guys we have to coach against that uh, we had our last region contest because he'll be moving to a different region. I want to shout out to Brian Brown, head coach over at Lakewood. Uh, very rarely do you come across um, teams that, and I called them after our game. We ended up pulling out the win by two on Tuesday night. Real tough a game, very good game. Um, uh, and I called him the next day, and I told him I wanted to give him props on the way his kids carry themselves. He was kind of like, you know, what are you mean? I was like, don't like, your kids play the game the way it should be. They talk trash, but it's within the game. It's like, just regular a game, trash talk, because, you know, as coaches, we know we need the extra stuff on the floor. You know, when they start to go that extra mile with the trash talk, it's all in funny games uh, 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 with Brian's team. They're not disrespectful to another team. They don't play dirty. They're extremely clean. Um, they don't have attitudes and stuff like that. And I told them it's a direct reflection of you and what you put up with and what you will stand for and what not stand for. So I want you to shout out to Brian and his team. Like I said, great guys, great set of kids. Um, you, Josh, as well, I, I, your kids, same exact way. You know, every time I see them, you know, they want to give me a hug or that me up or whatever. And I go, man, I don't want to hug you. I don't want to dap you up, man. You, you, you I got to meet. I don't want to hug you but they make it so hard because they're such great kids. And that's an extension of, 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 of you guys. And that's just two guys that, you know, I'm competing against yeah, I'm not just saying there were more, but it just stood out with me this week because there was a situation where... Uh, one of his kids called it Dungs, And it happened to be it was spectacular. And Trey just laughed and zapped the kid up. And it was, it was, that. And he said, man, I just have to pay y'all back for what y'all did last time. You know, and it was that kind of deal. It was an upbeat type of deal. It was competitive, but it was an upbeat positive feeling. And so anytime coaches have kids like that, I just want to shout them out. So,
0: yeah, man. Shout
1: out to the listeners. Yeah, uh, and, and last thing, shout out to, uh, Spring
0: sports start uh, this Monday, I believe. So
1: shout out to uh, oh, yeah. all
0: the coaches and all the players. Uh, Try out the spring sports oh, for sure. <laughs> Yeah, shout on, out, man. man. All right, man. All um, right. Hit me, hit me with the um, with the line, Coach English, if you want to get in the conversation. Yeah, you want to join the conversation? Email us at the family and English Show. That's the family and English Show. A
1: and at gmail.com, you can hit us up on Twitter at the S&P show, hit us up on Instagram at the Stanley and uh, you uh, underscore Stanley underscore and underscore English show. Um, any form of media you can catch us on, also check uh, like our Facebook page, the Stanley and English show featuring Coach First. We are on all mediums, you can catch the show on iTunes, Google Play, uh, Podbean, if there's a way to listen to it, you can listen to it. Once again,
0: as always, as always, keep God first anything else to follow. Peace. Peace out.